Hello, and welcome to season two of Between Two Term Sheets, where we meet with prominent investors, founders, venture builders, and accelerators to discuss early stage funding in the high technology space. Our host is Owen Matthews, founder, CEO, serial investor, and chairman of Alacrity Canada. Welcome to another episode of Between Two Term Sheets. Uh, today I'm joined uh, by Margaret from Georgian Partners, uh, a venture capitalist based out of Toronto, but she's calling in from San Francisco where, where many uh, co-investors can be found for Canadian venture capitalists. Margaret, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Owen. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's one, wonderful for you to take the time uh, and speak with us today. Uh, so tell us about Georgian. Yeah, so Georgian is a growth equity firm based in Toronto that invests exclusively in B2B SaaS companies across Canada and the U.S. And we make initial investments of 20 to 40 million in companies that have reached at least 6 million in annual recurring revenue. So we're later stage investors, uh, and we're really differentiated in three ways. First, we're extremely thesis-driven. We look for companies that are ahead on AI trends that we have identified and believe will pervade all of business software. And then second, more than half of our team is on what we call our impact team, an R&D group of data scientists and data engineers uh, with expertise in machine learning, natural language processing, security, and privacy. And the impact team works with our portfolio companies to further their AI capabilities after we invest. And because we've worked with so many growth stage startups, the impact team has begun to productize reusable software libraries that help to address some of the most common technical challenges facing companies that use machine learning. And then the third thing that really makes us different is we're an ex-operator heavy fund, and we're really different as investors because the profile of the people on our team looks a lot like the profile of the people at any software company. Uh, the founders of the fund worked on a startup in master data management through the mid-90s to mid-2000s before exiting the IBM. So they come with a long operating background, but the rest of the team also spans the gamut of experience in product, R&D, sales and marketing, uh, and finance functions in software companies. That's amazing. Now, I know you, you must have some great success stories. Um, sure. I mean, you know, we don't play favorites in our portfolio, uh, <laughs> but more often than not, you know, people may recognize Georgian Partners as one of the investors in Shopify, uh, one of the breakout uh, unicorns that's based in Ottawa. And of, of, of course, Ottawa's, we Ottawa's of my hometown, and, and Scott Lake, one of the founders, <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a good friend of mine who's now moved out to Victoria. And I don't think we've got him on the on this show yet, have we? <laughs> we have. There we go. Oh. What episode was that? Episode two. All right, he was early on. We've we've moved on. Uh, we're we're that was that was that was way in the history. But of course, and, and a great uh, a great company. And and yes, the, 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 the shift to this the AI thesis. This is this is for for a new fund. Um, actually, we identified you know three thesis areas around intersections of AI about five years ago. Uh, we look for verticalized applications of AI that capture business process workflows for specific domains. Uh, and this is because we believe that AI itself will eventually become commoditized the same way that shifts in infrastructure to cloud and mobile have become table stakes. And then second, we also look for companies that are creating the next evolution of interfaces to promote natural language and personalized interactions at scale. And we call that conversational AI. And then lastly, we look for companies that build trust with their customers. 
We think that with the shift in awareness and legislation uh, that companies that are going to market with data security, privacy, and fairness as competitive differentiators are going to win. Well, that's certainly bearing out in the market. You can see so much emphasis going into machine learning and uh, and so many interesting applications coming out. I think, uh, you know, you, you, you came at it at the right time. Uh, so providing some advice, I mean, you, you, you've offered up the type of companies that you're interested in, which is which is important. What type of pitches do you like? I mean, how do you like entrepreneurs to come to you? Any typical style of, of pitch that tends to be successful? It's interesting as a, a slightly later stage investor, we both like talking to earlier companies uh, to find out what they're doing and be able to continue to track their progress and, and get to understand their business and get to know the team as they progress to the stage that we would invest. But we also just really like warm leads. So one of the, the best ways that you can reach us is actually through your existing investors. And when we get referrals from other investors who are essentially putting a stamp of approval on your business, then we'll really take notice and act on that. I, I often say, you know, if you're in the business, if, if, if you're raising money and you can't find a way to get to me, then I probably shouldn't be investing anyway. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but as far as pitches go, I think there's a shift in mindset that has to take place uh, in the mind of the CEO or whoever is pitching when it comes to a later stage investment. So once you've reached uh, something like a Series B or Series C, and that is that you're Later stage investors are now looking for a slightly different set of criteria. Of course, we still uh, care about the basic product, team, and market, but we are looking for a level of traction that shows predictability uh, and that perhaps the company has built some kind of moat against their competition. And so predictability really shows itself uh, by way of a sales engine and tracking and showcasing the KPIs and metrics that would uh, indicate that you've really figured out how to sell and how to keep your customers. And then we also look at uh, your engineering machine and whether or not you've been able to maintain a certain level of velocity and, you know, keep all of the key players on your engineering team. And, and we look at how ambitious your roadmap has been and, and what you've been able to achieve. Yeah, there's no doubt that when you start looking at later stage investing, there's a level of maturity required uh, that, you know, the product market fit is there, the traction is there, and you can turn those investment dollars into the growth needed for, uh, you know, for good returns for later stage investors. Exactly. And then I will say that it doesn't mean that we're not also continuing to look for a big vision. So whatever was still being articulated in the early days of the company, we want to hear that and more now, now that you've reached a more mature stage. Very important advice to, uh, to people who, who may have had experience of raising in the, in the early days. It's quite different it, than uh, you know, when, when you're talking about more mature companies. And, and you really have to be in the right position to be uh, going into Series B, Series C. And no <laughs> doubt, you know, we're quite early stage investors. So we're, we're often in the position of coaching people to remind them that, that they need to look a little bit differently as they grow into uh, later stages. How is, Absolutely. How has the impact been? Uh, I mean, it's pretty exciting that you have a team of data scientists and you're, and you're advising people and, and, and get, get to work across a portfolio of companies. 
I, I think that's uh, a lot more fun than, say, typical venture investing where you, you put your money to work and, and uh, you know, you're, you're not necessarily as, as hands-on as, as you would be. I know there's a huge shortage of data scientists and, and uh, that expertise is in short supply. So, so mm-hmm. t- tell me a little bit more about that market. It, it, is, it, is it really welcome that, that you have uh, experts on board? It must be pretty interesting working across these different uh, portfolio companies. I'll give you a perspective that I perceive uh, from the entrepreneur side, and then I'll also tell you a bit about how awesome it is to work with that team uh, on the venture side. Um, so, yes, absolutely, CEOs and management teams respond very well to uh, the fact that we have the impact team as a resource. It's highly differentiated uh, amongst investors, and really the way we we think about it is that we meet two kinds of companies that are uh, about to leverage or are already leveraging machine learning. And so we have these AI first, um, AI born companies that really their core product has always been utilizing some of the uh, advanced techniques in machine learning. And then we also have uh, later stage companies that have amassed an incredibly valuable data set, but are only starting to explore their use of ML and maybe creating a new analytics product or insights product for their existing customer base. And so those larger, later stage companies look at our impact team as a way to help them accelerate the adoption of machine learning into their platform. And then these uh, AI-first companies look at our impact team as really a source for applied research or you know, a group that can help work on high ROI but high-risk projects that ordinarily only a Google or an Apple could really afford to spend the time and money working on. Um, and so we tend to have vision loss with management teams even before we invest on what type of very specific engagements our impact team is going to be able to help uh, the R&D team of the company with that will immediately add value to the company uh, and be seen on the profit loss statement. That's That's got to be lots of fun, especially given the, the shortage of the resources. It's, you know, it, it, I'm sure it would be welcome help. Does that affect right. the, does that affect the economics at all of the fund? I mean, it, it, does, does it mean that uh, as a result you're you're a little bit more expensive fund or or anything like that or 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 is it relatively standard? It's relatively standard in the sense that if you see other funds that are our size, uh, they may be employing a headcount that provides some other type of assistance to the company. Mm-hmm. So maybe that may be on the go-to-market side with sales and marketing, or uh, maybe it's on the HR side with uh, hiring uh, and recruiting, for example. Um, and what we think is really important, and it's a little bit of a different model, is that you know, our impact team shares in carry just like anyone else at the fund. And so they are just as invested in our companies uh, and, you know, want to help them succeed. Yeah, I can see they would they, then, they would be highly motivated to make a success because it impacts them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, it, it makes for such an enriching experience as an investor to be able to sit side by side with uh technologists and experts in the field and really help us differentiate all of the companies and the technologies that we are seeing in the pipeline as we meet them. 
and then also having an opportunity to work side by side with them and see the progress of the different engagements and the possibilities of new techniques that are coming out of academia that can be applied to the companies that we meet. Perfect. I, I think I want to join when, you know, do you have any, do you have any openings? <laughs> Maybe sometime soon. <laughs> I, I, I'm, just a, I'm just a boring family fund that starts up companies that, uh, you know, struggle for years to finally to, to get ready for a Series B. But uh, that, that's wonderful. Now, how, how did you end up coming to the fund? You've been there for, for, for a while now? Uh, yeah, I've actually been at Georgian for a little over two years now. And it, it was a, a little bit of a bespoke coincidence that I had a classmate of mine uh, also join the firm and uh, they were looking for ex-operators like myself. So my background has always been in software. I was a consultant at Accenture uh, back in the days when, uh, you know, I was implementing large ERP systems at major (laughs) Fortune 1000 companies. Um, And I was also the head of ops at a couple of startups myself and uh, went to business school and then became a product manager at Amazon before joining Jordan. So So you've you've been on the other side of the table trying to get some money. Exactly. I've been on the other side of the table pitching to investors. I've had experience in software spanning uh, enterprise, consumer, um, and and big tech. And so it's really been unknowingly, I had a pretty broad background that has worked well for having a perspective in venture. Well, that's wonderful. Now, r- remind us the type of companies that you're looking for, because you know I know we started off uh, with that, but it's very important to, to remind our listeners who should be approaching. And then I think uh, you're rushing off to a flight, so you know we don't want to keep you for too long. Walk me through the type of companies you're looking for. We'll get that out there again. And, uh, and then a- any other advice for entrepreneurs? Yeah. I mean, we're looking for companies right now that are really leveraging AI in an applied fashion. And that really spans the gamut of verticals and industries. We are agnostic uh, towards sector and we think and continue to see a lot of opportunities for machine learning uh, to be applied in a number of different business process workflows. We think that it's still going to take years for this trend to play out. And, you know, we like to meet companies that perhaps have already raised an A, but uh, are always interested in hearing new techniques and and new products that are coming through, uh, even if a CEO hasn't necessarily raised their A round yet. And, you know, my last bit of advice would just be, I was actually on a panel at a conference yesterday, and the title of the, the panel was How to Make VCs Take Notice. And I also spoke with about 100 CEOs uh, listening to their elevator pitch with me uh, in the first, you know, two or three minutes of meeting an investor. And I would say that for me, and I think many investors, one of the key things that you can lead with in a discussion is simply what traction you currently have. I think CEOs need to remember that investors are listening to pitches all the time and we most likely have uh, met 10, 20 companies that either have a product similar to yours or are adjacent to yours. And so we're going to understand the market and the product faster than the average individual. And so 
leading with either recent bookings you've made or exactly how many customers you had really acts as a proxy for helping us understand that you've got a great product, you've found product market fit, and uh, you know you have the team to take it to the market. So I think that's the last piece of advice that I would leave for entrepreneurs is lead with traction. Wow, that, that's wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with us. Uh, have a safe uh, trip back and, uh, and, and good luck with the latest fund. All right. Thank you so much, Owen. Okay. Thanks, Margaret. That's it for today's show. You've been listening to Between Two Term Sheets. Our show is hosted by Owen Matthews, produced by Anya Vasotska, and brought to you by Alacrity Canada. Head to alacritycanada.com to find out more about Alacrity and our other initiatives. You can find more episodes of Between Two Term Sheets for free wherever you listen to podcasts.